Thanks so much, Di. Commissioner Udine. Thank you. Just, just to follow up on something, because I heard a little bit of a back and forth, and before I start my questions, was standard operating procedure followed in this incident with regard to the radio usage? Did you, were you trained? And that's to Mr. Uh, Russo. I, I'd like you to, Russo, I'm sorry, if you, sir, in, in your opinion, was standard operating procedure followed? Because from what I'm, what I'm being told is that there was no radio failure, but there was throttling. But to the average Joe on the street, throttling is the equivalent of radio failure because it doesn't let them do what they're supposed to do. But in a technical way, it's supposed to throttle to keep the system active and alive. So I heard a mishmash of a few things from the three of you. Clearly, if there's an incident at Stoneman Douglas High School, Colonel Kinsey, if there's a cat in South County that's up in a tree and you're on that station, that's going to add to this. So when you say you need to be using it all over the county, there's got to be a protocol that we're using. So was standard operating procedure followed? So I'm not, I'm not able to give you just a yes or no question, but, okay. but I'll, I'll explain this a couple well, of things. Well, if it was followed, it would be a yes. So since you're not able to give me a yes or no, that means it wasn't followed. Well, I can tell you that um, from the people, I'm the users I'm aware, okay. yes. Okay. And, and Who the, are the users that you're aware of? The members of the Sunrise Police Department. Okay. So you can't give me a yes and no, but you could give me a yes and no that the Sunrise Police Department followed it. That's correct. Okay. There was overuse on the radio. Now, as a layperson, yes. all I know is how a walkie-talkie works when my two kids used it when they were kids. And if two people talk at the same time, there's an issue there. So here's my question. Um, this isn't the first incident. The airport wasn't the first incident. We had this at Pulse. We had this in 9-11 in New York. What, what happened in 9-11 in New York? Was there this throttling? I mean, they use a radio system with many, many more users than we use. And that may be a question for the Motorola. I don't know, but what, what's the deal with that? Well, if I can jump in, Commissioner, I actually was on a conference call with NYPD yesterday with their director of life safety, a guy named Scott Scamone, and uh, we asked him those questions because we were told this is the best system, the new system, and there's no other system out there that could handle it. Well, that's incorrect. NYPD, they have a completely different system. It is Motorola, but they don't have these issues. I asked them about throttling. I asked them about bonking. I asked them about trunking. It's not a trunk system. And they don't have those issues in NYPD. So to say there's not another system out there, there is, again, from Motorola, but it's just different. And that, that was on a call yesterday. What's that? What, what is that system? Again, I'm not, I'm not an engineer. I just know that it's a Motorola system. He said it's not a trunking system, so it's completely different than the one that we have now and the one that we purchased. But I also asked the questions of, do you have these issues? They have New Year's Eve. They have the Macy's Day Parade. They have all the terrorism attacks. They have way more users on the system than we do, but he said they don't, have, they don't run into those issues. So was that something that we looked at when we... So I, um, um, again, when we... When we went out for the system, we didn't say give us a limited system. We asked for the best system. Um, I will the the police foundation that did the pulse um, after action. They'll be able to answer the question as you asked with respect to pulse. I don't know um, uh, about the New York um, what what system they use. That's Motorola. That's different. Um, and I don't know if Mr. Sanchez would even have an answer to that question, but it is worth finding out. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think that we should, as we proceed forward with this, if we're talking about the same company, listen, I, most of us weren't even here yeah. when we started down this process. Um, it, and we weren't the ones who made the technical decisions on this. You guys are the ones that are chipping in to make the technical decisions. You guys are the users and Motorola. If there's a better system that should be used, I think that's something that really should be looked at as we move forward. So that leads me into some of my questions. Um, I know the county administrator said we're going to be doing something now to add more capacity to the system as far as in the temporary fix until the new system gets here. What are we doing as far as training to make sure that there is the appropriate training on this system? Because I read the airport after action report. I read the one BSO did, and I read the one the county did. The airport was actually two incidents. There was the first incident was the shooting, and that was handled very quickly. The second incident was a radio issue when somebody said over the radio they heard shots fired, and then pandemonium took off. That was the second incident in the airport shooting. And that's when the radios would have seemed to have throttled, because everybody then self-evacuated and got all over the place. I know the airport has has improved their emergency operations center, but that's different than what we're hearing in the media about how all this went down. So I guess my question is, what is the additional backup that's being put in place right now to make sure that we can at least help alleviate this issue, and what type of standard training is being done? Commissioner, from the fire chief's side, um, if, if uh, Brett sends us out a standard that he wants to follow for training and for maintenance i will make sure that our subcommittee on training gets that which every member every uh, fire department in broward county is a member of and would be happy to get that out to him and tell him the urgency and the importance of doing it but you uh, we never get this as an issue with fire fire never seems to have the issue on maybe they don't again have it was brought users. up as a system-wide issue so from i can only speak on the fire chief side we'll be happy to do whatever we can do to help alleviate the issues that are out there i'm sure and, that those those issues have been presented to your different working groups before. but again if they give them to us as a group okay. i will personally make sure it gets out to everybody so they're put on notice that this training and this maintenance needs to take place does bso do that as far as the training and training on the radios i don't know how they work but yeah, i'm assuming you absolutely do. we do but as the fire chief said we're in the same position we never received any documents after the airport before MSD saying, hey, you guys need to train this way or you need to do this differently or better. I haven't seen any and none of, none of our team has seen any. So there isn't an after action item in the, in the do you Do you train on how to use the radios? Yeah, absolutely. They get, they get initial training when they come in and there's protocols in place. But when you're responding to a critical incident, the first thing that you're going to do reflexively is turn on your radio and find out what's going on. A hundred percent, but there's got to so, be some kind of training that you have right. to use with it. You're telling me that nobody has given BSO, because I'm sure as soon as I walk off this dais, I'm going to get an email showing me that here's the ten times they've given you guys the training protocol. I have never seen one, and everybody that I asked at the sheriff's office said they have never seen an email like that. So I know that there is a line item in the after action report that was done by BCAT or the county, and it does it does talk about tactical communications, and that line item was assigned to BCAD, and as of February 2018, it's in progress. That wasn't an item that was assigned to the sheriff. That was after the thing, after the airport thing. Yes, sir. There's been no active training on critical radio usage during a critical incident by BSO? Just the standard training that we would give our people. So that's like when the guy or gal comes to the agency, they turn them how to turn the radio on and push the button and use the radio. I'm assuming that there's 
critical incident. I mean, he's nodding his head right behind me. So they must do some kind of critical incident training with the radios. We, we do. We, we, train for, we train for those active shooters all the time. But how do you do but, that if you don't have what the requirements are from the system we, are? Because we, until last week, I wasn't aware that, it's, that they didn't want guys changing channels. So we trained to what we knew, but we haven't received any guidelines, to my knowledge, of maybe we're not training to the right things. And that's what we need to receive. Sir? So I, I, what I hear you asking for is I think there needs to be some standardized uh, training that's developed. And, and, and Ms. Henry uh, alluded to that a little, a little while ago that Motorola was offering, offering that. All of our agencies train on how to use the radio. But um, um, to, to the undersheriff's point, we all just learned that the mere fact of turning a radio on or off or switching channels takes capacity in the controller. This is the first I've heard of it. And, and I can tell you we train regularly on use of radios. But the functionality of the radio itself, you know, no. Okay, so then following on what Mr. Schachter had said before, get this out immediately. I'm assuming that it's already been done and there's a breakdown somewhere between somebody. I'm, I can't imagine that this has not been given. But taking everybody at their word, please make sure that that is done, like, within 24 hours. Make sure that they start training on this issue, because that's another thing that will go a long way while we're in the interim process of getting the new system. My next question, following on what Commissioner Geller said, we vote, so the new system requires the new towers throughout the county. We're waiting on the site in Parkland. We're waiting on the site in Tamarack. Is there a timeline on how we can expedite that? I know that Parkland right now is in the middle. They just voted on it the other night, but this has been going on for a year already. Uh, a Chapter 163 agreement with the developer to get that site. If that doesn't happen within the next, I don't know, 30 to 60 days, a quick taking means we can take the property and work out the dollars afterwards. You're only talking about a postage size spot. And for all the people that don't like cell towers, I live a grand total of a mile and a half from this spot. This is legitimately in the extreme northwest tip of Broward County. There's already a, a tower across the canal on the Palm Beach side. There, there is no bother to anybody by putting this tower there. It's not like you're going to see people coming here and saying there's an issue because we don't want a new tower. It's there. It's ready to go. We need to make that happen quicker. Thank the you. Tamarack site has a tower there already, so it's just expanding the tower and working out some of the dollars back and forth. But those two need to be expedited because sitting here the last quarter of 2019 seems to me to be a long time to have to wait for this. I don't know if there's a response to it, but... Commissioner, with regard to the Parkland site, uh, taking lawsuit has been filed. There's a hearing on May 21st to set the taking trial, which should occur in uh, July or maybe early August. And uh, I'm, sure so, I'm sure we'll be invoking quick take procedures uh, in that. Uh, with regard to the Tamarack site, uh, we've had discussions. It's a little more complicated. Right. Uh, but I will make sure that I circle back with you, uh, Ms., with Ms. Henry, when we do our briefings uh, next Tuesday. Uh, we'll take direction, and whatever uh, the direction is, we'll do it. But I know that there are options that are being considered. Right. And so, I, I don't want to mention specifically what they are because I don't want to get in no, front of them. No, that's good. But so for the Parkland site, that means we, we have an end date because the quick taking means we're going to get the property and they'll, they'll fight over the financials later. Okay. If they can work it out quicker, the developer in the city, that would only expedite it that, in a certain 
respect. Th that's right. And we filed basically right. to create that end date. So okay. the, the hope is that it gets worked out. Okay. Um, is there any way to speed up the 2019 as far as ordering the radios, putting the word out there to the different agencies to order the radios so that we can get this done quicker? Can Motorola speed the process up? I don't. I'd have to. I don't think the issue is um, speed with respect to acquisition of radios. Radios are available. If not, if I'm not mistaken, it's just um, the law enforcement agencies and the fire agencies have to make sure it's in their budget to to buy those to to buy the radios. Okay. The the actual radios, except for those that are in the regional system, are uh, acquired by the the fire and law enforcement agencies, and we've. Um, We've sort of had notices out for quite some time that, you know, they need to start buying those radios and and start to uh, get familiar with them because it, they will operate differently. Okay. Um, so now I've also been told during this event that there was an issue with patching between the radio between Coral Springs and BSO. Can someone comment on that? Because I'm getting a lot of different responses back as I look at that. The way that the system works, even though Coral Springs is not on the same system, there's a patch that takes place that lets them communicate? Correct. Hi, my name is Lisa Zarazinski from the Briar County Sheriff's Office. So in order to connect two radios together, together you kind of have to have a mediator in between. Um, there's a feature called a patch and a multi-select where you can take the Briar County Sheriff's Office channel and patch it together to the Coral Springs channel. During the incident, Coral Springs did attempt to patch the radio channels together. The problem uh, came when the radio started to throttle. When the radio starts, starts to throttle, it goes into a normal mode and it breaks all the patches on the system. So as many times as they tried to patch those channels together, they were not successful due to the throttling on the radio channel. Okay, so if the throttling incident wouldn't have occurred. So how do we prevent that from happening? So if, if I might ask, um, Jose, um, if you can come to the podium for a second. Jose um, is the individual in our in, in the uh, ORCAT that actually uh, manages and runs the radio, the radio portion of the system. Um, I think it would be if you could just Explain patching, and, if, and, and I know that you're aware of what transpired um, on that day as it relates to Coral Springs and, and um, uh, BSO. I mean, as a, good morning. Uh, Jose Desires, radio system manager for Broward County. Uh, in effect, you know, patching is grabbing two radio resources and connecting them together. That way, both of those, whoever is on talk group A and talk group B, can hear each other and talk to each other. That's what patching does. Now, on the day of the event, you know, there, uh, the data that we have is uh, showing a lot of evidence that there was patching going on and patching uh, was operational. Now, um, just to a little correction over here with regards to throttling and patching, throttling will not uh, disconnect the patch. Now, again, with the throttling, you're going to hear audio, and it is, appears as if there is an issue with the patch, but the uh, throttling does not break or affect the patch. The only thing that will break a patch is if the system goes down and then that resource disappears. 
I think as well, we were having a conversation about um, the control of the patching. It's, I mean, we all know that when the initial um, incident happened, um, because we're not on the same system, you had to make a transfer and um, um, so that um, some we're getting the call you had a situation where um, police is managed by one entity, fired by another entity. If you can just kind of help with that a little bit. Um, sure, I'll try. And if I'm not clear enough, please uh, let me know. But um, currently all radio systems right now in Brara County uh, utilize the Motorola hosted master site. And that means that the core of all of the systems are connected together. And that means that we're able to share resources across all of the systems. So um, there is ability, you know, to be able to pull in resources from other systems, you know, um, fairly easily and being able to patch and being able to multi-select and being able to talk, you know, and again, um, the technically that I don't see a technical issue with the ability to do that. And again, I think that so as you continue to ask these questions, the reason that I wanted to have um, um, Police Foundation come in with their resources, because they have seen this issue around, uh, around the country. If we miss something, they will let us know. If we didn't and it's, and it's what we believe it is, um, that, that's important to know as well. Um, I have talked to some other, um, just may, as maybe some of you have, um, they were clear that when they saw this incident happening, they told their people to pipe down on the radio. So somewhere somebody got some training. I don't, you know, I can't explain um, uh, that, but we're gonna get that, we're gonna get a training curriculum out to everybody and Motorola has agreed to go through and train as many people as we need to train so that we don't have the issue prospectively. Okay, I mean, cause that seems to be 180, you have two people up there, one saying that the system worked and one saying that the system didn't work. Commissioner, can I, I'm, I'm gonna comment from an operational perspective. I understand Jose is coming up and it's from a technology perspective. When we were live on this incident, Kathy's here from Coral Springs, the manager of the Coral Springs PSAP as well. We were not able to patch the channels together and maintain a patch. Every time the system went into a throttling mode, it would break our patch. Okay. We would have to try and reestablish. Therefore, you were not able to communicate. We okay. were not able to communicate or hear Coral Springs. We were not able to communicate with the field. So regardless of the terminology or what the data is showing, I'm telling you that we could not communicate. So with how do we responders. fix that? How do we fix that issue? Well, uh, again, there are, I guess, two oppositions here, you know, with regards to what was physically seen on site and what I can tell you by the data. Um, you know, I'll investigate, and we, we do have the, the data that shows that patches were made and calls were made on patch talk groups, and it was back and forth. So the evidence is there that there was patches established. Again, I, the perception, again, I wasn't there. These right. ladies were there. So the perception may have been that the patch was broken, you know, or uh, disseminated. I, I wasn't there, so I can't physically confirm what that happens. I can tell you what I see on the back end and on the data. The data is showing that there was patch calls and patches being made uh, during the incident and well after the, the suspect was apprehended. So I guess 
really it's the use of the terminology that isn't going to be satisfying to the average person on the street. Correct. I, it's, people just don't, they couldn't talk to each other, whatever you want to call it. How do we fix it so that they can talk to each other? Now, I know the, the, the optimal way that there'd be no integration would be if they all came on the county system, but that's not going to happen. Coral Springs and Plantation say they're not coming on the county system. I respect their decision if that's what they're going to do. That's the optimal way, I would imagine, because then they're on the same system. What's the next spot behind that? Um, I'm Kathy Lariano. Like she said, I'm the communications administrator for the Coral Springs Police and Fire Department. Back in May of 2015, we did our upgrade to the P25 radio system. We decided to go on to that upgrade due to the delays of the county and our radio was at end of life. We had the decision of either going on the county radio or, you know, investing in the city and doing our own radio system under P25. The good thing of having our independent radio system is the redundancy, because there needs to be a little bit more redundancy. While, you know, the radio system had throttling, you know, for the end user, it, for them it feels like failure because they're not able to right. communicate. Technical terminology is throttling. Our officers that were on scene were able to relay information with when they were, you right. know, next to a BSO officer because of the I, information. I think, that, I think that was a positive. I think there was a yes. positive so in having the redundancy. With that there. said, during the fire incident, we did have three successful patches with a uh, with uh, mutual aid county channels, where we're having, we're, I guess, we're trying to get more information from Motorola and ORCAD. Is it says that our patch was successful for law enforcement for over six hours. But when you listen to the radio transmissions, you see where dispatch can hear each other. The, we, dispatch could hear the officers talk from both agencies, but we could not communicate, they could not hear us. And if they can't hear us, other than the Coral Springs units hearing dispatch, if, if Broward Sheriff's Office couldn't hear anything either, then that's a failure. They were not able to communicate. So where, where is the research on that end? Where is it that the 14 ops channel that is used, which is a mutual aid channel that is used for law enforcement agencies that normally, when there's a big operation of this magnitude, they need the resources from other law enforcement agencies. And that's why this was done. So where did that drop? Because yes, the patch they say is successful, but obviously it wasn't because they were not able to communicate with each other. You know, and again, the response to that is I wasn't physically there to hear it. I, you know, we'll need to, the audio recordings to be able to hear it. So then we can match the numbers on the back end of saying, you know, what really happened. Um, I can tell you that the calls that are being made, again, there's a logger. It logs every single call. It logs, logs when it's patched, when it's right. not patched. It logs all that information. Is there, is there that something thing. that we could do as a policy board here to make this better until the new system comes, which reduces the throttling, which seem, is there anything well, that we can do as a policy board to make I, this better, short of training and, 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 and adding some capacity as the county administrator said? Specifically with patching, 
Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, they, the they do patches all day long, you know, so I don't believe it's an issue with th them not being able to do patching. When, when there is a mass type of event, or is that what this all boils down to? This is all boiled down to too many users on a mass casualty type of event? Because if I, I, tomorrow, if there's something, if there's a car accident right on the border and there's three people on the radio, then it's not going to be a problem to patch it in, is what you're saying. Yeah. That's what I... Okay. Tell you so is there anything the that we could do either through Motorola or temporarily to help with a patch in case there was a mass type of event until the new system is installed? I don't know. Maybe the answer is no and we just have to do it all on training, but I don't know. You guys are the experts. Uh, I can tell you from the system and, you know, there's <laughs> technically it's there. It's capable of happening, um, you know, between plantation system, Coral Springs system, Fort Lauderdale system, Hollywood system, all of that ability is there technically. Okay. Now it's understanding, okay, why it didn't happen or, or what audio is, uh, is there present to help us piece this thing together of saying what really happened and dig a little deeper. Um, you know, I'll be more than happy to hear that audio, but I can only tell you that from the back end, what I see as far as what was logged and the numbers coming in, it's showing me that patches were created. Again, that's what's coming out of the back end. I'm not hearing the audio. So, you know, the audio may show only one end was patched. And, you know, maybe we'll look at, you know, uh, was there a step that was missed and be able to identify that. But at this point in time, you know, we'll be more than happy to hear the audio recordings okay. of what was going on. And then we can sit down, you know, with BSO and, and Coral Springs to try to piece this thing together, see what actually broke. Chief? And the one thing I, I I want to make clear is patching is normal. That, that's right. part of the daily operations of the radio system. That's not something that's abnormal. And right. the reason for it is you get on a large-scale scene, you have certain people on, on radio channels, and that scene continues to escalate, and you need to bring in other resources. You don't want the people that are on the scene to start switching channels to get to a common channel. So that's why patching takes place. So I just want to make sure that everybody understands yeah, No, that, I think that's yeah. important to bring up. Is I think from a layperson's point of view, when they hear the word patching, they think it's a Band-Aid to, to replace no. something that's broken. Right. Where these systems are supposed to patch together. To patch. But we need yeah. to make sure that we're doing a better job as first responders or as the county backbone mm -hmm. to make sure that happens. I mean, I'm going to close because I've taken a lot of time too, but it's just an important issue to me. I want to thank Max for bringing this up, Max Schachter, and express again my condolences. I knew Alex, I know Ryan, his other son, who's a senior with my daughter, and Andy Pollock and Ryan Petty, thank you guys for the work that you guys are doing with the committee that was put together so that we can answer and help with some of these important um, questions. And just to summarize, the questions I'd like to see back in summary is there a better Motorola system that we should be doing that we just heard from Colonel Kinsey that is better uh, that will prevent this in the future? If it's the same company and there's a better system, I think we should look at it. A better timeline on rolling this out, pushing the city of Tamarack and pushing the city of Tamarack, uh, Tamarack and the city of Parkland to get these. This is coming no matter what. It's just a question of when we need to get this done and just the interoperability and the new training um, which is being presented to me. Uh, I'm incredible, I, I can't believe it, but make sure that the training materials is given so that they're able to appropriately train on this. Thank you. Commissioner Marco. Thank you, I don't, I don't wanna really go on with this too much, but I, I did spend seven years on the Fire Rescue Council, seven years in the EMS Council, 
and was the county commissioner with Commissioner Wexler at the time on the Consolidated Communications Committee from day one. Um, operations, governance, and funding. Um, it's etched in my brain. So here's my, my, my concern. I have a couple things. I will obviously want to get this done, and I don't want it to be done uh, at a specific time in 2019. We, want, we all want it done yesterday, but I, when these decisions are made, we have the, four, the 4C committee that we have now. I want the, the president of the Fire Chiefs Association and the president of the Police Chiefs Association to be at our next meeting on Thursday. I don't want the situation where we don't know where someone is, we don't know what they think, we don't know what they, how they feel about it. I want them there, I wanna get this thing done, I wanna move it into your hands, you're the professionals, you all do this every day. Um, this is not something to leave in the hands of bureaucrats or politicians, I hate to say it. Um, that being said, uh, I did have the opportunity to return Max's phone call a couple weeks ago, and you know I, I can't, first of all, I can't even begin to understand uh, the pain that this has caused him, his family, Andy's and Ryan and everyone else and the students and families at the school. However, when there is a meeting convened by the governor's commission and the first part of the conversation I had with Max was, well, we didn't know anything about this meeting. And you know, he said, well, you, you didn't need to be there. I said, well, look, if they're talking about communications and dots on a board and, and what failed, when something failed and why what happened, happened at the end of the conversation is the result or the, or the level of devastation of the results of this incident or because of communication issue, we damn well better be in that room. And I don't understand why why the, the, the sheriff, uh, who's the, the uh, chair from Pasco County, uh, I, look, I don't know why we weren't there. We didn't know anything about it. It was on a commission meeting day. I found out about the next morning on Wednesday when I, when I spoke to, to Max. It's, it's unfortunate that something can be said in a room when there is a, and I don't know if Broward Sheriff's Office was there. That's, that's who was the law enforcement on the scene. That's who, separate from this, because they're contracted with the city of Parkland in this case, but they're also part of Broward County why we weren't in there to have the conversation, not to, not to, not to point fingers back or, or to, to deflect blame or anything, but to find out what, because when something's said in a room and only half of the, half of the conversation's had, it's like walking into court and there's nobody, on the other, there's nobody at the other table. Guess what? Your chances of winning are pretty good. Um, we don't want to win at this. We want to get this better. We want, we want our 911 system to be the best. We just honored three tele, telecommunicators Two weeks ago and last month, April was uh, 911 uh, month. You know, basically appreciating what, what we do when we call 911. What who's on the other end of the line? Um, it, from the Motorola perspective, the, the the question the question that was asked, or maybe it wasn't asked, was Miss Henry. You said we're going to have you. You just said we're going to have everyone trained, and Motorola is going to do this at no cost. I asked Motorola if they would be willing to do that um, through staff and they said yes. Okay. So they would um, they would um, take on that responsibility just to make sure that it happens. Okay. Why wasn't this done on January 7th last year? Why wasn't I, I, this I can't I can't answer that. I I, I can't answer um, I can't answer that question. Did, did anybody not ask the question that four people visiting our 
through our airport to go on our in our on our cruise ships are any different than, than people that live? I, I don't understand. If we had a mass casualty at our airport, and and we didn't have an outpouring of concern about training with Motorola, um, with with whomever, with our, with, with our communications. Couple of quick questions, and I'll, we need to get onto the meeting. But um, who is currently allowed to access our radio system? When I say a system, the system that our men and women who are in public safety, first responders, the radio system that they use, who is allowed to use that? Uh, anyone from the school board, anyone from Broward County? Yes. What types of So the radio system that exists today. Hmm. Um, has public safety officials on it, but it has the school board and it has county operations. We um, are building a local government radio system so that we could pull off all of the traffic that is not um, public safety off of that radio system. So when it's done, um, there will be uh, the only entities on the radio system would be um, law, um, first responders. Will everyone else be forcibly taken off there? In other words, there won't be any options of staying on or, the reason or migrating or any other BS, right? The, they're the, going to be yanked off there so that they can have that system. That's it. They're going, when, I, when you say yanked off, um, they are going to be, let me, let me speak to for county operations. I can't speak for the school board. Well, they know they have to come off of the radio system. Mm -hmm. So, yes, they will be coming off the radio system, and we will be coming off of the radio system onto a new system that's not public safety. Okay. You can't speak for the school board, and I understand that. That's just a fact of life. But right across the river, they're having a school board meeting right now. Can we make sure that they are not on that system anymore either? Because it seems like what, whether the, the reality from the engineer's standpoint is if we have, I don't know how many first responders we have in Broward County, but BSO technically has 6,000 employees. And if we add up all the other agencies, it's going to be a task to have just those who within public safety who need to be on that radio system can use it. We've from, talked to the, pub, the school system at least... Um, we began this conversation with them about three years ago, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a year or so off, but about three years ago, and I've had the conversation at least once a year but about, where, about where they are in transitioning, and the, the most recent conversation I had was they are aware and they will be prepared to lead the system. So it's not an equipment issue? It's not, I mean, I don't... I don't I, I don't understand why you have to have the conversation once a year to find out if they, if, in other words, if there's no place for them to go right now, they don't have their own system and they're waiting for the, for the local government system, that's fine? They're, they're, not gonna, they're not prepared to use the local government radio system. They will use their own system. Okay. Do we have any? We will we, use the local when, government when, radio when system. When the police foundation or our communications folks, Motorola, whomever, when they do the after action report on just communications, Will we be able to find out how many, and I'm not pointing my finger at the school board because it happened in a school. Mm -hmm. I, w I would assume that anybody who had access to a radio was trying to find out what the hell's going that, on. That's correct. But will we be able to find out how many employees, for example, from Broward Sheriff's, Coral Springs Fire, whichever police agencies, BSO included, and then school board, in other words, will it, will it download that information for us? Uh, Jose, can you answer that question? Do you have, um, we know that it will tell us all the subscribers that were on the system. 
Um, each subscriber is tied to whether it's to a law enforcement or first responder agency, county, and or school board? Yeah, we would be able to tell uh, each and every single user that was on the system at that point in time. So yes, there could be a breakdown by agency as to how many users were on the system. So let me ask you a technical question because you're, you're dealing with it firsthand. In a situation where we have, we have uh, uh, overcapacity and we have throttling, we have all the technical issues that go with it, but we have these issues where no one can get through because everyone's trying, we'll just say broad numbers, everyone's trying to get through so nobody can, can access what they need doing their back and forth on the, on the channels. Do you have the ability within the system, the, the controller, wherever this could happen, to basically just pull people off? Yes. Like in a, in a situation of a mass casualty, why, why, why wouldn't protocol, and my, my last question's, uh, maybe you can help me with a little bit of it too, but, but before that, in a, in a mass incident like this where you have, where, where people who are rushing into danger, whether it is to, uh, for the, for the life-saving of the people who are there or for, uh, you know, hopefully at some point to return um, fire. Uh, those folks should have priority over everybody. And I don't, I'm, you know, I, I, again, unless we have a situation where we know, for example, there's a bank of radios and they're at that school and they're teachers and facilitators of some sort, you know, they, they might fit, fit that, you know, that talk group at least at that point. But is there, was, is there a way moving forward, because I don't know that we can sit here and have the conversation looking back, but is there moving forward a way to say, all right, well, Everybody who's not part of these groups, you know, the first responders that are, that are there and maybe the most immediate folks that are there, is there a way to just, that, you know, put something into your uh, controller and basically everybody's off the radio? They'll have to switch to a different channel. Yes, there are labeled as storm plans or type of planning like that. I mean, they basically label it as a storm plan, but there are plans that we can put in place that would look at situations and see which plan would fit the best again. Uh, just to be clear, you know, the school board users that were on, uh, each school has their own radios and their own radio system. Those users are not on the county's infrastructure. They're not? They're not. Okay, so there's nobody so, from Broward County School System on the same radios yes, that these folks are using? Just the, what I'm saying is that each individual school has a radio system mm -hmm. that's independent and only for that school. So there are Broward County School Board users, and there are mainly the buses and administrative, and there are PD. Okay. Um, do we currently have you? You had. It's been mentioned that Motorola will do this train. Do we currently have uh, protocols in place that require? And Commissioner Union mentioned it. Training and exercises. In other um, words, protocol first, and then, in your in your opinion. Would it be something that you would do monthly, quarterly, yearly, just uh, I, to make I, sure that you can? Yeah, I, I believe training should be ongoing and continuous. Um, you know, every year there should be a training curriculum that uh, users should go through just to understand how the radios are being used. Again, the newer radio systems uh, give you a lot more information on the radio, so it's uh, critical that they understand even, you know, what the radios are talking back to them mm -hmm. and telling them you know, during certain points, because the radio will give an alarm, letting the user know 
whether they're out of range or whether the system is going into a, a throttling situation to at least indicate to that user that um, there, there's issues going on. So there's okay. a lot of training that needs to happen with the, the newer system and the newer radios. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Commissioner Bogan followed by Commissioner Holmes. I only have about two hours of questions. Yeah. Joking. Bertha, um, Commissioner, Commissioner Udeen asked you um, why um, the, the system can't go faster, and you said that there, the cities had to buy, or the police departments had to buy uh, the radios, right? No, that's, so he asked a question about the radios, but the, um, the radios is what, they, what the officers, uh, first responders have in their hands. Okay, let me, let me, the, let me just find out. I'm sorry, okay. I'm gonna just get, why, why can't this, do we need to ask Motorola, or why can't this system be implemented faster? The system is different from the radio. So if you want, me, you want to just talk about the system, because the system are all these towers that have to be constructed and the engineering to make sure that the microwaves are okay. talking to so, them and it gets very complicated. So Mr. Schachter called me up and said, uh, had a very good question. Why can't, why do we need to wait? What if there's a, uh, a problem in the next week or two? Um, why can't we get this thing moving along faster, like right now? And so your answer is? My answer is, it's moving. Why can't it be done next week, next month, and two months from now? Why, because why you, these, 2019? Because these towers are 300, uh, some are feet. They have to be built with all of the power coming to them, okay. with safety infrastructure. It's, it's infrastructure work. So, you're, so basically it's impossible for this new system to be effective next month, two months from now, based on what you're about the towers, is at least based That's on That's my understanding. Okay. Um, second, is someone here from Motorola? Yes, Mr. Sanchez. Mr. Sanchez. Come on. Um, uh, um, I think Mr. Colonel Kinsey just said that the New York uh, Police Department had a better system. Uh, do you sell a better system than what we bought? Yeah, I think... Um I'm not really qualified to answer that question as far as what a better system is. I think that's a very qualitative statement. Um, the system that was procured by the commissioner's board last year was designed to the specification that Broward County set out through their well, That's a good answer. That's not my question, though. My yeah. question is, does Motorola sell a system that will have more capacity? Do you have a, a system that provides more capacity if there's more officers, more, more everything? For, do, you, do you sell it? Okay, okay. Every system is custom designed to whatever the customer wants to achieve. So we can, we can have that detailed discussion, but um, I, think, I think that's, I, I don't know how to answer aye, that aye, question. Aye. Are you familiar with the New York Police Department, what they have? Not exactly, no. Is there anybody in your company that can answer the question? My counterpart out of uh, New York, I, will, I can contact him. Okay, but as you stand here, what's your position with Motorola? I'm in responsible for Florida uh, state and local governments. Okay, I'm asking you a real simple question. Based on the specs that we gave you, right. could we have given you different specs which would have given us more capacity, more capabilities? Not to my knowledge, not to my knowledge. Okay, so uh, not to what you're aware of. Correct. Okay, good question. So you're responsible for the entire state. Are, are there any other cities that you're aware of, any counties in this state that you're aware of that can provide uh, the same or more capacity than what we've ordered? 
I'm not, I mean, I'm not familiar to the detail of every system, but I believe that the Broward County system that was speci specified by the consultant here that we propose as part of our response um, is similar to the Palm Beach County system, if, if you want kind of a, a similar comparison. Okay. Um, in t similar in, in the technology and the scale and all that and capability. Thank you. Thank you. Bertha, is there a way in which we could find out from some senior person at Motorola whether they would know whether there is a better system that, that would provide more capabilities if we wanted to order that or yes. add that? Can we get that at our next meeting? Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, with respect to um, Jose, he's the technical guy? Yes. Has he ever done an analysis since the February uh, incident on, on uh, basically, you know, because a lot of the answers I think he's given is, well, I have to, we have to look into that, look into that. Has he ever done an analysis on any of the problems? Yes. He has. Has that been? And, and what we're, um, what I've asked them to do is to, each analysis, I said, go deeper and be prepared to turn every bit of the data over to an independent police, the, the independent assessment so that there can be a little bit of separation between our staff and an independent look-see at the system. Okay. Um, last but not least, you said that we've done a temporary upgrade until we get our new system. Is that right? From the um, one element of the system, yes. Okay. Um, based on the upgrade, can we upgrade it more or have we upgraded it to its, to its maximum capacity? I, I don't have that answer. Um, Jose, if you can answer that question. Uh, currently, no, there is no other upgrades that we can do to the existing system to give it any more bandwidth to the control channel. Again, you know, there's a difference between control channel and capacity. Capacity is the amount of frequencies that are available to talk. The control channel and that bandwidth is what the information goes through in order to assign those channels. So there is currently nothing that we can do to the existing system to increase control channel bandwidth. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Holmes. Yes, much of, followed by Commissioner Rich. It's been a robust conversation, and, and I think it's good that we're doing this. <clears throat> uh, a question I have uh, for for chiefs: Do we have designated channels for uh, when when, we, when you go into an operation for preset for people to our different groups to be on, so that you don't have the confusion? And and is that being utilized, and was it utilized? So I can tell you on, on the Coral Springs side, yes, we have uh, designated channels that we switch over, and we do have those SOPs, and yes, we did follow all of those policies and procedures for this incident. I'm going to have Lisa answer the question on the Broward County side because I'm not as familiar with their policies. Okay. To answer your question, we do. For the law enforcement side, we have what we refer to as 1,400 operational channels. We have about 16 of them. And on the law side, we have 12 JOPS channels. Um, during the airport incident alone, we had 12 active channels just to work the airport incident to separate the responsibilities. So someone going in that SWAT or someone going in uh, that support knows where they ought to be, be, what channel they need to be on before they get there? Sometimes the channels are pre-assigned or during the event, we assign those channels and communicate it directly to the field units. Uh, okay, thank you. Uh, Trotlin, I, I hear a lot about that, and, and it seems as if 2,500 is a number. Let me ask, when we get this new system, 
do we know what number, uh, how many people can be on here before we get to traveling? Motorola or, or someone. You meant for the new radio system? Yes. Okay, the, the new radio system, uh, I don't know the numbers at this point in time of what that is, but the existing radio system, again, it's not the number of people. It's what they're doing on the radios and how much activity is happening on the radio because that's what's sending in requests into the system, and the system has to respond to those requests. So I can have 15,000 users on the system, and all they're doing is there, and the system can handle it. Uh, the same thing with the new system. The new system is able to handle thousands upon thousands of users. You know, um, and again, what needs to happen is, you know, have an effective communication plans, uh, you know, training on the radios to be able to use it. Again, the system has grown, the environment has grown, and therefore the knowledge base and how to use these devices, you know, needs to grow as well. So it's not a question of how many users are on the system as much as how much activity is happening on the system. All right, and then finally, uh, county administrator, uh, end of life. We, we, we basically at a critical point here. Uh, are we putting something in place that in the future we don't get to a critical point like this where the, the system has basically done its time and, and we're trying to catch up? Are we, are we going to make sure that in the future we're ahead of the curve rather than behind it? Uh, the answer would, would, would be yes, but these systems are, are designed to be 25, 30 years, I mean, to last many, many, many years. So we'll have it in place, but uh, um, more than likely we won't be around when that fails, I mean, when it's that time to upgrade. And you upgrade throughout the, the life cycle on things that you need to do, but yeah, to a complete replacement, we're many, many years away from that. Thank you. Commissioner Rich. Thank you. Um, I guess I want to uh, kind of ask uh, Chief uh, Babinick a question. Um, so the, we started out by saying that we need to minimize usage during large-scale events, or uh, that's the only way right now. Since we, we have nothing else that we could do. Is that, would you say that's accurate? That's what was said. I, the fire chiefs, we don't agree with that. Um, we, we need to have the capacity available to us, depending on the large-scale event, mm -hmm. to set up the multiple channels and the multiple operations that we need going on at the same time. So for, for us to, to tell all of our other folks to scale back their radio usage, I don't think, mm -hmm. although it would fix the issue, I don't think it's a practical I don't think in practicality we could we could accomplish that. So to to say it would work, yeah, it would work. Um, but I just don't think we could accomplish that. Okay. So in conversations with people, um, in preparation for this, some people indicated that there were there was, um, uh, I guess, um, restraint maybe might be the word word a little bit from the the fire side of it versus the police side of in terms of usage. So did you have any training for your people to explain the system outside of, you know, the fact that we're saying now Motorola is going to come in and do the training, but did you do something different 
than the police did? I don't, I don't know that we did anything different. I can tell you we do train on, on radios. Um, annually, uh, the, uh, our, our training subcommittee and our communication subcommittee puts on a, a large-scale event where radio training is part of that. For the Coral Springs Parkland Fire Department, we do put our members through training. Um, but the difference is, is, is we were on a different system as well. So the fire rescue side of things was working off of the Coral Springs system, patched into the Broward County system. So the Coral Springs system was the host system for that. I can tell you that we did not have any communications issues on the fire rescue side uh, with, with being able to talk to. We had over 100 firefighter paramedics on scene from 21 different stations and seven different departments, and we didn't have any issues speaking with them. Well, that was kind of my point, because I'm, I'm just wondering, uh, in the interim now, since we're trying to figure out what to do before we can actually get to the next system, that it would appear that training would be the key thing. And uh, that, Well, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, I think Jose said something very uh, important um, with, with the amounts of affiliations that go on. And we keep saying training, training, training. And, and yes, we can do the training, certainly. But I, I don't think training is the only thing that has to happen, in my opinion, that would fix this. What, what happens every time you turn a knob, you turn a radio on, it affiliates with the system. And that's what Jose was saying. It kind of. The other thing is every time the school board or every time a school bus is started up and that radio comes online or they change a channel, that affiliation takes, takes place. And I don't want to get too far outside of my area of expertise here, but that's how it was explained to us was this event happened in the afternoon around the time school was letting out. So the demand on the system may have been higher in may have, and he'll be able to tell you that through his reports, but it may have been higher on that time just due to the amount of buses and school board infrastructure that was coming up on the system. But that will be told through, through the report. So I think training is important. I think maintenance is very important, but I think we have to approach this from many different directions. I don't think there's only one fix that is, is going to get us to the installation date of the radio system. Yeah. No, I understand that, but I'm just looking for things that could be done that would be helpful now in yes, between the time that we can actually implement the new system and the current one that seems to be, you know. Anti and one of the things that we practice in, in emergency services, especially on the, the fire side, uh, I can't speak for the police side, is if, we, if we're sending units into another jurisdiction to go to a call, mm -hmm. we monitor that call. We want to know what our folks are going into. We want to know the activities that are going on. So by nature, we're going to change our radios to that channel and monitor that from a safety perspective and from a situational awareness perspective. And we, that's something we kind of train on as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Ryan. This has been a very enlightening discussion and a couple of points that I just want to um, clarify. It sounds to me like the, the system, our communication system works excellent 99% of the time, but at 1% is far too important for us to, uh, to push aside and say it's, it's beyond capacity. So we're going to go from 26 to uh, 39 channels, but um, Perhaps, Jose, you can come up, or anybody else that's been speaking that might be able to answer. Uh, at a point where uh, there was an interesting discussion about how uh, sophisticated of a communication system you would have that could handle a massive number of users simultaneously and a catastrophic incident. You know, the example was used for 
New York City, you could use it for Chicago, you could use it for Los Angeles. I mean, these are areas, metropolitan areas, with a population that far outstrips the 1.9 million people in Broward County. Now, I haven't read anything that talks about, uh, you know, disastrous um, operations in those large metropolitan areas. Do you or does somebody in your department have a, a familiar, you know, some kind of knowledge as to what type of system they're operating? Well, I know that New York has different kinds of systems, right? You have the New York State, and you have New York City, New York PD, New York Fire. So they're all geared differently to what their utilization is. So that's why when you're designing radio systems and stuff like that, it's really how uh, are you going to utilize the system? And it's also, you know, contingent and restrictive upon, you know, what frequencies are available and how you can build the system out. So, uh, you know, a congested area like this, you know, we're very limited as to what's available and what we're being able to use. But, you know, we can't compare apples to oranges with regards to how they operate their system and what users are in their system and what resource availability. When I say resource, I mean actual frequency availabilities that they have. But it's also important to note, you know, what are their standard operating procedures on how to handle these incidents? What kind of training do they have when they handle these incidents? How often do they maintain their radios when they have these incidents? So there's other questions that need to be asked, not just on the technology side, but on the operation side is, how do you guys deal with these types of situations in order to say how efficient that process is? We, we touched on that, um, on the training aspect, and, you know, you talk about um, you could have 1,500 users that can be, you know, I guess, uh, on, a, on a channel uh, as long as they're monitoring. But when you have all that communication, that activity, then it, uh, it throttles the system. But, you know, you can't say that, you know, we have a heavily, you know, concentrated or populated area when you compare to the cities I just gave example of. They have a more concentrated population. Mm -hmm. Now... What about this, you know, you say, well, you're, you're restricted by the, the bandwidth. I mean, there's a, there's a finite uh, capacity of bandwidth. Isn't that the same situation in any metropolitan area? Um, to a degree. And the reason why I say that is because they probably were able to secure a lot of these frequencies much, much later, you know, earlier than, you know, we are. Um, again, you know, we're bound by... Uh, what the FCC is going to allow us to have with regards to the radio system. Have, and have again, we notified the FCC that we feel that we do not have adequate bandwidth? Has there been any request? Well, uh, uh, there hasn't been a request because to us it's not a frequency limitation. We have enough channels. We have enough capacity. It's, you know, trying to understand, you know, how do we use our system a little bit more efficiently. Um, and that's where I, I think the, the focus is going to be on, you know, because I can show that we have enough channels available for talking. It's just, you know, how efficient are the users in being able to get to these critical uh, resources more efficiently on the radio? So that goes into, you know, kind of like the training and the fleet mapping and understanding your radio instead of, uh, you know, clicking back and forth so many times, you know, to find where you need to go, you know where you need to go right away. So that, that's where the training aspect is really important. All right. So um, um, to the county administrator, um, we're into a, a large contract. What, what I see, like $80 million or whatever for this communication system. 
And, um, you know, I, I hate to throw good money after bad. If we're not getting a system that can handle um, the capacity of a catastrophic event now, as we go forward, all of our um, estimates show a growing population, a more dense urban core area. So it's just going to get, you know, more difficult as time goes on. We ought to be, in my view, we ought to look at what other systems are available, at least have an analysis for the members of this commission so that we can make that policy decision. Do we want to continue down the path that we're going now, or is there uh, another alternative? Obviously, it has to be blended with training and the other issues that, that we've begun to discuss here. But at the end of the day, we have to have a system that's operational if the first responders you know, are trained properly on, on the operational component. We've got to have a system with capacity. And, and to say, you know, we can't do it, I mean, the excuses uh, end up costing lives, and it's just, it's, it's just not acceptable. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Vice Mayor Bogan. Yeah, last question. Um, I was just uh, informed that it's possible to solve this problem by using private, either private resources until our system has built, been built out, or that Coral Springs is willing to allow their tower to be used. And I was told that the county is refusing to do that. And so I just had a conversation. I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Lisa. Lisa, if you could come up. Has anybody ever? So I, before, I mean, you can bring her up, but let me, because I'm aware of the Coral Springs issue. Yep. So the towers that we're building are in excess of 300 feet. And if you're ringing these systems, you want them all at a height, at similar heights, so that they, so that the microwaves, and, and again, it gets beyond what I, Jose, I mean, if you can explain no, that. No, no, it's okay. If they can't but, use the Coral Springs, but, it's fine. But okay. my point was, forget the Coral Springs. It, I was told that we could possibly use private resources outside of our system in conjunction with our system that might fill the gaps or might make things so if there is another incident. And I was asking you if anybody ever asked that of you, and you said no. Correct. Is it possible to look into that we might be able to use additional resources outside the county where, you know, where that could fill any gaps and holes until the system is up in 2019? So I can't answer for the cities that have independent radio systems. You have Coral Springs, you have Fort Lauderdale Implantation. What I can tell you is that they have their own system for a reason, and it's to prevent what we're here to talk about. Um, is there opportunities to put people on their system? Well, they would have to give us approval to do that. Um, but I'm sure, and again, I don't want to speak for the cities, but I'm sure that they would not be willing to do that because in the event that you put more resources onto their radio systems, they may experience the same concerns that we are currently dealing with now. Again, I really think that we should have people with the technical expertise yeah. and independence to do this because okay. I can tell you that Fort Lauderdale radio system at times fails safe to our radio system. So to say that it doesn't happen, I mean, I just think we're kind of getting caught up, and that's why I didn't really want to go there. I wanted to have that that separation so that if we're saying something that's not completely accurate, um, I have a, I, I promise you I'll have a transcript of what was said here today, and that will be in the lap of Police Foundation, and I will make sure that they bring in the resources to answer those questions because it's important that we know that. And I don't, I'm not trying to hide it. I just think that sometimes when we say, you know, again, Fort Lauderdale radio system at times default to our system. 
All, all I'm being told is the data keeps getting pushed back and back. It's now December 2019. Before we know it's going to be 2020, we've got a potential problem, and we need to address it, and I need to fix it. And, and that's all. I think we need to come up with other types of out-of-the-box thinking solutions that can try to see if this can be uh, done. And uh, I will ask that question of them. Thank you. I promise. Okay. With that, I want to thank everybody who has been here uh, and helping answer questions. This was something I think all of us wanted to to broach the subject. Um, unfortunately, we you know, we had incidents where we had our limits tested and our equipment tested, and we found out some of our limitations. And from here, we it's a work in progress. And so at this point, I think we're going to leave this topic. We're going. This will be um, some of the data will be sent Bertha right to the police foundation. Yes. And, uh, and we'll, we'll uh, await that report. So with that, I thank everybody who was here for that, for this issue. And we're gonna go on to the Tuesday report.